day to you. It's Venice. Welcome. It's so great to be with you again today. Today I'm really looking forward to our conversation because we're going to talk about something that, you know, let me just start with this, okay? Pretty much what the things that I personally speak about, I love having friends on and we have phenomenal conversations and the things that I speak about on my podcast are usually like 99% of the time in the like in the areas or yeah there are areas of my own personal life that I've really um experienced um had a hard time in and overcome or maybe I'm right in the middle of it right now so why I say you'll hear me say this like I'm really excited or great Uh, looking forward to being with you today is because I get to talk about something that I'm either in and I'm learning about or something that I've personally overcome. And I really get super excited around sharing the wisdom that I've garnered with other people. You know, I remember a long time ago, it was a few years ago, um, my pastor, he told me, the very thing that you overcome, you have an ability to guide and impart to other people in the thing you've overcome in. And I always found that very like, it just kind of resonated with me. And so I, per, my perspective is the things that I share with you um are things that I've personally overcome and I have something to say and share and contribute around these areas. So I really appreciate you joining the conversation and it really gives me a lot of joy and fulfillment to know that I get to contribute to your life and where you are in your journey. So with that being said, today we're going to talk about believing impossible things. Or maybe I would add believing for impossible things. And today I really invite you as I'm going to share with you something, things that I've gone through in this area of believing um, for impossible things. And I invite you to look for yourself, like locate yourself in the conversation and pull the conversation towards you. Like what can you garner for your life and where you are right now that can really contribute to you? I'm also going to share some like wisdom and things that I've learned along the way in this particular area. So lastly, I invite you to try out something new. You know, there are some specific things that I'm going to say that I invite you to try out. What does that mean? Well, try out means I'm not here to say that this is the truth. I am here to say, hey, this is what's really helped me move forward. Maybe you might want to try it for yourself. Try it out. See how it works. My logic and my thought process is, you know, if we keep doing the same thing the same way, we're going to keep getting the same results. And, you know, I have people that 
tell me a lot. You know, I'm like, they, they, I ask them, what is the biggest thing you get out of coaching with me? And they'll say, you always give me another way to see things and it really helps me. So that's what I'm doing here. It's like we're in a coaching session. And, except that we're not in a coaching session because I can't get feedback from you unless you leave me a comment. Then I can provide you some feedback or a response. But certainly it's a conversation that's designed to really help you move forward. So let's begin. The topic of believing for impossible things. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I am someone who for years, you know, was like, oh, yes, all things are possible, you know, and being a person, you know, of faith, all things are possible through God. The creator of the universe has designed me, you know, to achieve the impossible. So, like, I'm familiar with the words and the jargon, all things are possible. But for me, I really didn't believe that. It kind of was like a wish or a hope, um, like a really nice idea. And certainly something that wasn't for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, maybe for so-and-so, but for me, no. And and the reason why is because I just didn't have the experience, you know, like I wasn't out there doing impossible things. I mean, I would hear of people doing impossible things and it just seemed like, well, that's for them, not for me. <laughs> so like, honestly, that was pretty much my thing about believing for the impossible. Okay. And I always felt like on the contrary, like completely opposite to that personally. For me, it was more like, um, I'm the girl who's always going to really work really hard and not really like accomplish the things that I set my mind to do. So here I am, you know, I've always had like a good work ethic and I'll go for it and I'll put the work in. But, it, you know, these didn't quite like work out, right? And so it was like, well, I have never done that. And so, you know, fast forward in my life to like 30, age 30, and I was like pretty much completely resigned. So what does resigned mean? Resigned is like, this is how it's going to be. It can't get any better. Deeply resigned is like numb. Have you ever felt numb? You're just like, yeah, this is it. Can't get any better than this. To me, deeply resigned is like, you're just kind of existing. You know, you're doing life. Doesn't mean you're depressed. You're just, you might be depressed as well. But it's like, well, this is just the way it is and it can't get any better. That was me at age 30, a single mom with three kids. By then, I had a college degree. I wasn't really, my life just didn't pan out the way I planned. And that was me. But yet I was saying I believe for impossible things. <laughs> but deep down, I was like, yeah, right. That will be a nice idea and it's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, so 
you know, what's it like living in that space of resignation? Well, I can only speak for myself. You know, it was just like existing. Um, I didn't have a real positive outlook for the future. And I don't know where I picked this thought process up, but I would also think, well, I guess it could be worse. You know, this may not be what I want, but it could be worse. I could be out on the street somewhere trying to find food for my kids. You know, and I guess that's a, it's nothing wrong with thinking that way. It's just that it didn't put me in a place to really get out of being resigned. It was like it just came to a point of acceptance. Like, this is the way it is. And if I was just really honest, it was, I was pretty hopeless. Like, yeah. The other side of it is, for me, I secretly felt jealous of anyone. I mean, I would literally feel like not hatred, but a strong agitation towards people who seemed like they had uh, achieved impossible things or, you know, there were people who really had been very accomplished. Um, and I would just be like, whatever. <laughs> and I would find myself thinking things like, you know, it's probably not really all great for them, you know, but it wasn't like in a good attitude. It was just out of jealousy, like straight up, you know. So that's what it was like for me. And then the other thing, and I think the biggest, you know, part of like living in resignation is um, I wasn't really achieving anything. I was existing. That's pretty much what it was, day-to-day existing. So then something happened. And, you know, I talk about this a lot. I... I got to a point by 30 that I was, I had a moment. I'll never forget this moment. It's like, it was just, I don't know how to describe this moment. I was at my apartment by myself and I had this moment where I saw myself in the future and I saw myself alone and in this moment I had, I saw myself and my children who were adults at that point in this like vision I'm having, right? This moment that they didn't want to talk to me. And somehow I knew that that was my future. And it was like a moment of choice where I realized, oh my God, this is where my life is headed I'm going to be alone and I'm not going to have any relationship with my three sons. And I, I just, it was so, I don't know, like gripping to me that I, I made this solemn vow to myself and it wasn't like, you know, anything super like, Oh, like the heavens open and you know, the, I could see, you know, God himself talking to me. It wasn't anything like that. It was just like a moment I had, like an aha moment. But the solemn vow that I made to myself was that 
that's not how my life is going to go. And that was a, like a moment that changed my whole life. Now, here's the thing about that moment. Afterwards, <clears throat> wasn't like anything was really different in my life. I mean, everything pretty much was the same. And shortly after that moment, uh, you know, I was working. I was a single mother. My kids were all, you know, young, under the age of five, my three boys. And I went on a trip to go visit my cousin in New York for my 30th birthday. And I'd never been to New York, but that trip was the beginning of like a massive pivot in my life. It was the beginning of where, where I am now. It's been an incredible journey. And you know, I was talking to my cousin and he told me about this personal development class. And something in me was like, do it. So I signed up for this class. I didn't really know anything about it. I just signed up because my cousin did it. And uh, it was in Austin, Texas. And I took this class and, you know, it was life-changing. And you may be like, oh my God, what did they talk about? You know, one of the things that, that I got out of this personal development class was that I actually had a say in how my life went. And that was huge for me because I, I never, mind you, this is 20 years ago. So right now as I'm recording this message <clears throat> or this podcast rather, it's 2021. That's what year it is. So this is in the 80s. Nowadays, there's so much awareness about and, and education about personal development. In the 80s, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like now. So for me to hear someone say that I actually had a say in how my life went was like revolutionary. I had no clue. And maybe someone told me, but I couldn't hear it. So I I walk out of this course and I'm like, OMG, I have a say. So I started practicing everything I learned in my class and my life started to alter. Now, the biggest thing that altered was me. My circumstances kind of were, they were the same. But as I altered, my circumstances started to alter because I really got that I had a say. So one of the first areas of my life that I took on to actually alter was and change and transform was the relationships with people in my life. So the first relationship that I took on altering was the relationship I had with my children. You know, I don't know about you, if you're a parent and you're listening, and your relationship to parenting, 
I did not have a powerful or enjoyable relationship to being a parent. My attitude about being a parent was, well, my life's over and one day I'll have a life. And I won't even go into that story right now. But there was a moment where I made a decision about what parenting was and it was that my life was over. So how's that going to go when you're parenting inside of that framework? Well, it wasn't enjoyable. And it was like, there was no joy in it. There was no fulfillment in being a parent. It was just surviving. And so I took on altering that relationship. My oldest son was 11. And I'll never forget the conversation I had with him. You know, I don't know if my other two kids remember, but I think my oldest son I don't know, I'll have to ask him if he remembers that conversation. But the conversation was pretty much like this. You know, son, mommy has had a really hard time being a mom. It's been really challenging for me. And I just want to let you know that starting here and now, it changes. And... What, as a mom, what you can count on me for is to be here, like to be with you, like not just be here physically, but to like really be here with you. Now, I don't know if at 11 he understood everything I was saying. I was trying to say it in the best way, like most responsible way, because like, how do you tell a child you didn't really enjoy being a parent? Uh, I don't know. I don't think that would be really a maybe a, the best way to tell a kid something. So I just said, well, it's just been really hard for me. And I'll never forget his response. He looked at me and he goes, Mom, I know it's been hard for you. And I was really stunned. And I was just like, wow, what, you know, like, I had no clue. And I, that moment changed everything. It changed the course of my relationship with my sons. And I don't, I think, I don't remember exactly what he said, like, after that. But it was just like, like, he got what I was saying. And I began to be, like, experience the joy of being a parent. Um, like, I really got that this is the only time I have with him at this age. That was the shift for me. I went from, I don't have a life. One day I'll get my life back. To, I have this one opportunity to experience them at this age. And I'm going to make the most out of it.
So that's what I started doing. I started just being present with my kids. I was always around. I just wasn't available emotionally and mentally. I was a very good provider. Like they had a roof over their heads. They had food in their belly. They had toys. They had stuff. But outside of that, I was not really available emotionally. And, you know, from that year on, we had a blast. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't easy. Okay. I'm not saying it was rosy because raising kids is challenging. However, I was there. So why? Because I, I really got that I had a say and I was unwilling to have to live my life not present with my kids. I was committed to something greater than how it had always gone. So that became my new context. My new framework was I'm going to enjoy and take, make the most out of this, these years that I have with them. Now, there are some things that I learned in, you know, this, that I had a say in my life. Okay, and I want to share with you what I discovered. One thing that I discovered besides I had a say, which is huge. What does that mean? I have a say. Well, simply said, it means that I could actually carve out my life instead of waiting around for something to happen to me. See, that's how I'd lived my life, was that I was waiting for something to happen. Now, you might remember, I said I was very, like a hard worker. I've always, you know, I I was never just someone to like, sit around and do nothing necessarily. That wasn't really me. I was actually like striving. But it was the... It was the context that I was striving in that was lim- that was like it just it limited me, and the framework that I lived my life in was that I was a victim. You know, it was like, man, poor me. Like, I just why doesn't anything go my way, and why do other people get what they want and they I don't? Why do I have to work so hard? That was my whole framework for my life was I was a victim. I was the girl who tried and never really succeeded. So when I say that I got, that I had a say, I gave up being a victim about how my life had gone. And I started being someone who actually was like, you know, Huh. Um, life can actually go, I have a say, like it can go how I want it to go. It can go how I'm committed to. So I gave up being a victim about my life. And I shifted my perspective to, I have a choice. 
I'm not a victim. Well, I can choose to be, or I can choose not to be a victim. So I gave up being a victim, and I chose to embrace that I'm going to carve out my life. Now, here's the other thing I learned, is that life is never going to be pretty and perfect and in a pretty little box. See, I think part of my what was eating my lunch was that every time I failed, I gave up. What I didn't realize was that that's how life goes. Life is not going to be pretty in a pretty little box in a pretty little package. Life is gritty. It's messy. And all there is to do is to keep moving forward when you fail, when I failed. And so it's funny because like it wasn't like my life got any easier necessarily. But what made the difference was how I related to failure. I was like, oh, this is just a bump on the road to achieving my success. I, I didn't get stopped in my, in my head. Because remember, I was the girl that was going to go for it. But in my head, so I was taking action, but my attitude was like, just like, this is not even going to work. I mean, I'm going to keep trying, but I know this is not going to work. And it never did. So that's what I want to share with you. I, I mean, I could go on and on and on, but I mean... The, the breakthroughs in my life. You know, another major relationship that I took on was my relationship with my ex-husband. We created an amazing relationship and we never got remarried. We were friends. We still are. My relationship with my mother, my relationship with my father. I mean, you know, careers. I started a business it was it was a I was a consultant, nutrition consultant. I have taken on things in my life that like people would tell me it'll never work. I was like, no, I'm going for it. And I've been able to serve like thousands of people through the work I do. It's been amazing. And now, fast forward, it's been almost 20 years. I am someone who believes that anything is really possible, like really believes it. Like I know it, like I know my name. And the other thing, this is like what happens being way on the other side of it, is I'm not afraid of the impossible anymore. I mean, anytime I'm going to take on like the next big thing for me, I'm afraid. I'm human. But it doesn't stop me. Because I used to be really afraid of doing big things because I was a failure. That's how I used to relate to myself. I was a victim of how life never went how I said. And the more I started like expanding myself and choosing to carve out my life and like not being stopped, I began to know myself as a different kind of person. I now know that there's nothing I cannot achieve. It's a pretty remarkable way to live. 
So I don't know where you're at in your journey right now. And this is what I want to leave you with. I want you to consider that you have a say and that life can go how you say. And you also have a choice. You can choose to be angry, pissed off, upset, a victim. You can choose to try to control everything and force it to go how you want. Or, because see, all that doesn't really work. (laughs) You know, that's a whole other conversation, but Or you can really take on expanding who you are and discovering something new about yourself. If you're in action and you keep trying to make things happen and you're not where you want to be, there's something missing. There's maybe something in your blind spot that you can't see. If you're a victim, well, definitely, how's that going for you? But the key is expanding who you know yourself to be. So the last thing I want to leave you with, it is, really is pos- it is really possible to have your life go how you say. So I really thank you for being in this conversation. I'd love for you to leave me a comment. If you'd like to email me, info at finise.com. Share with me, what are you taking away from this conversation? What are you taking on in your life? Where have you been a victim? And how are you going to, what are you going to do about that? (laughs) What are you taking on? I'd love to hear from you. So until next time, I look forward to our next conversation. It was really great to be with you today. Bye.